Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. This is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, quote, build the fourth west tracks, unquote, Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts. Kyle Holland and Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about transit in Calgary, how'd you say it? Calgary. Cal- Cal- I, don't know. I, I, I can't say it. Okay, well, Calgary, Alberta, and why it's a great example of how to make transit work in North American cities. All this after the news. Do, 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 do. Is that even the right sound? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm used to it what's now. What's the right sound? I don't know. I can't remember. That's <laughs> not it. Uh, on February 6th, New York City's MTA unveiled its first ever open gangway train, kicking off a new future for rapid transit in the Big Apple. The trains are to be known as the R211 and feature openings between the cars that are about 8 inches wider than the standard doors. The trains are meant to increase capacity on crowded subway trains and to contribute to a modernized image for the MTA's fleet. What, so people can go between the cars without falling off and dying? Nobody was falling off and dying. Oh, I heard about that in the news. Openings between the cars? Yeah, so you know, like, the dealio that goes between the, like, the two halves of the tracks train? It's yeah. like that, but really, really narrow because New York, like, like a lot of open gangway trains, like, in other countries are, like, you know, pretty big space in there. Like, you know, the size of, like, the space that's there on a tracks train. But this one is just, like, you know, you know, think door between trains and then add eight inches and it's just, like, a metal tube. So it's a little interesting. So they're making it wider? Or thinner, wait. They're making the section between the cars wider. Eight and, inches and walk wider. through with no doors, yeah. Fancy. Is that so... So, like, a couple more people can stand there and people can move freely between cars. Yeah, okay. That seems fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I'm everyone not was get excited freaking, about that. Everyone was freaking out about it because open gangway trains are, like, you know, one of the big, like, metro nerd things that people who are really into metros are into like, along with platform screen doors and such, so... Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. It's a happy day. I'm not going to be excited about that, personally, (laughs) but if someone is, good good for them. Yeah, and I mean, supposedly with open gangways, you can increase capacity on any given train by, like, 11%. Yeah, that's fair. So that could be kind of, you know, useful in New York. Uh, Here's a quote about the safety issue from a news article. At this time, it appears her death was accidental. The MTA prohibits riders from walking or riding between moving subway cars due to the high risk of inner, in injury and death. Seven people died from falls between moving cars in 2018. End quote. Seven? In t- 2018? Yeah. In the year of our Lord, 2018, who is doing this? I don't know. It's a big... It's, it's the general public. What did you expect? Well, I mean, I guess if you get 1.8 billion riders, but still... Yeah, you think you would hear about it the first time and be like, "Oh, that's that's such a bad idea." I'm that, not. I'm going not going to do that now. The, yeah, yeah, I'll wait until the next station, get out of the train, and go to the next car. Yeah, well, seven people in 2018 is seven people in 2018. It's good. I legitimately didn't seven think people that. In I legitimately <laughs> didn't think that's a thing because, like, on Front Runner, we have like the little accordion deals between cars. I think you might Even forget how old the subway is. God damn it. You literally set a timed alarm to go off during recording time. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm not even impressed anymore. Fine. <sighs> well, anyway, Gap, good, I guess. No. Yeah, it's it's another Darwinism thing. <laughs> I support non. Great, you support platform gaps. To weed gaps out between the weak. train cars, too. That's right. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> okay, uh, moving on. In international news, leaders of several British railway unions are warning that the current rail strike could last as long as 2026 if an agreement is not reached. RMT union drivers walked off after years of delayed pay cuts and other issues. Hopefully, a good agreement can be hammered out so that rail service can be resumed in the British Isles. Which is very unlikely, because England... Hates um, poor people. Almost uh, as much as it hates, like, islands without a British flag on them. <laughs> yes. Well, <sighs> let's just say England is England, and let's not deal with that. <laughs> Imagine paying your laborers. <laughs> what? What? No. Oh. No, we oh. couldn't do that. Well, I would not be shocked if the strike went past 2026. That would be kind of funny, although it would be terrible for the climate. Like, because you get all these like guys like, well, bruv, I got gas up my, you know, car. Got to put petrol. <laughs> got to petrol the up the car. This is this is like uh, the UK, right? You remember this? There are several places it's physically impossible for that many people to drive to. And they do it Watch anyway. Watch them. <laughs> You've seen Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, and the, the the capacity of the of the automobile system there is low. Yeah, for some reason, every time Give it a, a try. member of my family goes to New York, they all take a cab from the airport. I mean, that's kind of understandable because the air train sucks. But yeah. like, still, and then proceeds to take. The I I, ju- I just think of stuff like that in money terms. Yeah, I'd it probably would save you some money. Yeah. Mm. To take the air train. But either way, that's not in the news today, so... No. Breaking news. Air train should be cheaper. Also, I would like to note that we have an inversion again after the inversion cleared yesterday from the snow because people, you know, have to drive everywhere and U.S. magnesium has to pump, like, you know, arsenic into the atmosphere or whatever. Well, so, why do we subsidize driving so hard in, in the great place in which we live if we would like the air to be better? Quote, great, unquote. Um, freedom, exclamation Yeah, point. my freedom to park wherever I want conveniently without charge. My freedom to sit in traffic every morning. to be an American, because at least I know I'm free. Sing it. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, Silence, communist. <laughs> Alex, can you edit in that meme with, like, the crab with the laser eyes? You know, silence, communist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can make that happen. Okay. I'm okay. firing my lasers. <laughs> let's, let's do the show. So, Calgary. It's a city of about 1.3 million, the second largest city in western Canada, and the largest in Alberta. Calgary is situated on the Canadian Prairie, and its central business district is located on the banks of the Bow River. Not the Roe River, the Bow River. The Roe River is the shortest river in the world, but the Bow River is not. It's a regular river. Normal size? Normal size. Sweet. Well, I mean, you know, having seen, like, you know, the, the incredible vastness of, like, the Columbia, the Missouri. I've never seen the Mississippi, but I imagine I, I can think about it. I'd call that like a creek, but you know. <laughs> compared to anything you'd find in Utah? Okay, yeah, well, compared to anything you find in Utah, it's like the freaking Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? So, 
Um, also, unlike most American cities, except, or I should say North American cities, except Vancouver, which is its, like, you know, closest neighbor that isn't Edmonton, uh, no downtown freeways, really. Like, sort of half of one, but not really. Cool. Mm, they land of applause for that, right? Yeah we, yeah. we do appreciate a city that hasn't torn its historic urban fabric to absolute shreds. Mm-hmm. And Just replaced a it tiny with, bit. And Just replaced it with bit. concrete walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, simultaneously, downtown Calgary is, parentheses, or was, p- pandemic, yada, yada, close parentheses, uh, one of the densest areas of employment on the continent, meaning that a high number of office jobs, especially for such a small city, are uniquely inaccessible by car. This necessarily lent itself to good transit usage, because, you know... The stick and carrot and stick. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard you I, you said continent? Uh, on the continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, like, you know, 200 acres in downtown Calgary that have, like, 300,000 jobs in them. Oof. That's crazy. That sounds very tall. Yeah, it, it's very tall, very dense. Like, their downtown is not large, but it's just, like, all large buildings and a lot of office workers. Uh, I'm picturing the Emerald City from The Wizard of Oz. Well, we can look it up. Let's let's look it up. Keep in mind, this is for a city of, uh, you know, just over a million people. Wow. Yeah. Looks nice. Whew. Yeah, yeah, quite in, quite a, quite a, quite a view, I guess you would say. Meanwhile, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> oh, here's an even better one. Now it has mount, has the Rockies oh, in the yeah. background. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Yep. It is. It is. It is. It's a. It's it a, is it's good a for city. them. Cities are good, actually. Interesting concept. <laughs> okay, so we have this, you know, super dense downtown core. You'd figure that there might be something of a density gradient, right? You, there usually is. You would hope places. so. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Outside of like you know, downtown Calgary and a few adjacent neighborhoods, it is just you know, <laughs> suburbs. Flat sprawl. Like Denver. We, like Denver. Yeah. Don't out. Don't yeah. Out. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Very very much like Denver. Just like you know, <laughs> curvy roads, weird crap. Very inaccessible. Very awful. Well, yeah. Kind of awful urban form, if we're being honest. But, despite development patterns being very car-oriented outside of downtown, yada, 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 uh, transit usage is and was very high in Calgary. Uh, Pre-pandemic, they did about 100 million trips a year in a city of 1.3 million people. (laughs) So, get that through your head real quick. How many trips per capita is that? About, you know, 70. Compared to Portland's, for example, 54. Salt Lake City, greater metropolitan areas, 24. That's mad. And Reno, Reno, Nevada's like negative three. Yeah, well, and Boise, Idaho's just over one. So. Yeah. Yeah. So quite impressive, right? So today we're going to explore Calgary's transit and how it can help us build a better model for suburban transit here in the United States of America because, you know, You gotta get people going places not in a car somehow, and you can't, you know, do density overnight. And also, I would like to disprove the fact that you need density for transit to work, period. So what's the historic reason for this weird density, this weird density gradient in Calgary? Like, why is it just like a right angle? Well, Basically, Calgary didn't really exist as, like, a large metropolitan area until, like, 
the sixties. What happened before the sixties? Kind of a frontier town. Like, you know, Canada's development pattern in the West was a lot later than the United States, partially because it's colder and worse to live in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And because, you know, migration was just, in general, a little bit slower because Canada's a different country than the United States. So, like, you know, in 1909, the year when the Calgary Street Railway was formed and the first streetcars were introduced, there were, like, 30,000 people in Calgary in 1909. So actually, like, small small, small city, yeah. Small city. And, and, you know, it didn't really take off until, like I said, the 60s. And what kind of development did, you know, North America build in the 60s? Lay sprawl. Lay sprawl. Then how do we end up with all these, like, big buildings downtown and that big, like, head office city vibes? Well, head office city is very, like compatible with suburban sprawl. Yeah, that's true. Because you have, you, you have your house with, you know, two kids, a white fence, and a dog in the suburbs. You drive, or kind of uniquely in Calgary states, probably take, you know, the Blue Arrow bus or whatever. That's what they called their express service mm. in the 70s and 80s. Okay. Then um, you go to work, and you go home. All right. So basically what I'm saying is having a dense head office city isn't really incompatible with, like, you know, massive amounts of suburban sprawl. Just look at, like, you know, New York City, which is the largest head office city, period. That's and cool. And there's just, you know, literally <laughs> hundreds of miles of sprawl to service it. So yeah. so they just grew up after the phase that cities like Salt Lake went through of having, like, middle-density streetcar suburbs or whatever. Yeah, there aren't too many middle-density streetcar neighborhoods in Calgary, like... The majority is very suburban, is what I'm is what I'm trying to you know poke a stick at here. <laughs> so speaking of said Calgary Street Railway, I think we're in for the exact same streetcar story as literally every time. Yeah, well, to make it you know short and sweet, uh, streetcars expanded until the 30s and 40s for like you know only 20, 30 years. Because they grew up late. Because they grew up late. Um, and then they started doing bustitution. Uh, they re- <laughs> I know you guys think that that's a very funny word because it sounds like prostitution. I, that's not why I'm laughing. It's just a funny word. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, think I, I didn't even think, think about the prostitution X. Okay, well, I assume that you were laughing at it for an appropriate no, reason. Bustitution. Average employee. Well, look, when you deal with the public like I do. <laughs> <laughs> well. You assume the worst. Now I'm going to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only bus. Um, I mean, that would be pretty based. Like, anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate on, like, a transit-oriented prostitute service. But, or, or I shouldn't say prostitute. Sex worker is the, is the right term. But, like, you know. Yeah, I think it could take off. I but got, we'll I see. We'll see what UTA we're does. We're environmentally friendly sex workers. So <laughs> to zero emissions. Uh, <laughs> low carbon zero, footprint. Low carbon footprint. <laughs> we're not going to drive to your house. We're going to take the bus. Yeah. So. Top ten reasons to run all night bus service. <laughs> no, because it will encourage stuff like that. <laughs> I see no problem. This is growing the economy, Alex. Hey, oh yeah. Yeah. Another, another hey. Economy. You got, you got me there. You got me there. The line does, in fact, go up. So. <laughs> the economic argument is always a good one in Utah. In Utah. Mm. 
parentheses in Utah, maybe close parentheses. <laughs> um, yeah, so they renamed themselves to be the Calgary Transit System, and this is still a private company at this point. Uh, and then beginning in 1950, they'd sort of replaced all the streetcars with trolley buses because, you know, why tear down the wires when you could not? This is true. I have nothing wrong with trolley bus. And then they got rid of them in 1950 and did diesel because... Because diesel will always be cheap. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it was... It was probably <laughs> cheaper to operate at the time, especially given that, you know, other people were maintaining the roads. Yeah, and, you know, as we discussed, that 1950, 1960 is kind of when Calgary kind of, you know... Diesel's also very cheap to scale because you don't need infrastructure yeah, they, they or started, whatever. Because unlike, you know, most American cities, Canadian cities, when they started building suburbs, actually put transit service to them a lot of times. Concept. And so, you know, as they're expanding all this massive new suburban sprawl, you gotta get a bus there somehow. Toronto and building like, whole-ass trolley bus is kind of expensive. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair reason. And all you get from the exchange for that money is, you know, money. electrification, money, high, higher quality service. It was service. the 50s. We, we had lead in the gasoline. We did not care. <gasps> yeah, that's that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the last streetcar ran the same year in 1950. It's preserved in Heritage Park to this day if anyone wants to, you know, visit Calgary to see the last Calgary streetcar. It's, it's, it's still in running. The park? Yeah, it's in the park. It's, it's like parked there. Yeah, just it's parked there. Like yeah. on probably some decorative tracks and it kind of just sits there. I'm glad it's not still running. with it. Mm, sweet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not running like New Orleans. Uh. <laughs> Imagine, you know, historic Calgary streetcars running on the C train. <laughs> that would be something, I will say. Um, it's like a train except self-disassembling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh the trouble gosh. with trying to run a streetcar on, uh, on the C train is that it's high floor. So you'd have to Jump. step down into the streetcar. Oh, car my God. <laughs> okay, I like the sound of that. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I like weird stuff. I don't know. This is true. Um, so then in 1972, Calgary Transit was municipalized, which is a word I just came up with. It's, just, like, nationalized, but you get taken over by municipalities. Mm. I like it. By the, it was. It's a good word. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it was given the name that it carries today. Calgary Transit. Wow. Very original naming. They came up with this, like, sane, normal name remarkably early. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, there's no... There's no the Amalgamated Street, Light, and Railway Company of West Calgary (laughs) Calgary and East Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the other funny thing about Calgary is because since it was such a small transportation market, because, you know... Private companies, so we're talking in markets here. Economics. I love economics. Yeah. I would be an economist if I wasn't a political science, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, since it's such a small market, there was only ever really one... Big player in one the streetcar player. game. Like, there wasn't any other street... There weren't, like, you know, the guys going around ripping out each other's streetcar tracks at night and then putting in new ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, fun, but also boring. I, I can't get over the word municipalized. Municipalized. I like it. Municipalized prostitution. Municipalized state <laughs> street. <laughs> we should. Yeah. And uh, fourth south between third and state and third just in general and seventh. <sighs> yeah. And 21st west of state. <laughs> we should prostitution oh, yeah, uh, the light rail here. 
We should not do that. Yeah, actually, we should prostitution. Why do you hate me? Why do you, <laughs> you want me put to some die? Of those, like, suffer on the inside. More service. You don't get more service like magically when you start <laughs> running <laughs> buses instead of I'm pretty of sure that's how fossil fuels work. <laughs> yeah, I think we're I think we're good. We figured it out. It's like, like the that. operating cost per passenger of buses compared to light rail is like you know triple. <laughs> Well, well, that's your opinion. So no, well, that's the federal <laughs> tra- that's the federal transit administration's opinion. Yep. Do we need to get Climate Town on here or something? Uh, it sounds like we might have to. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Kyle? Did you have something, uh, or just uh, drifted uh, out of your head yeah. by our main <laughs> argument? Did you have anything witty? Drifted out of my remaining brain cells. Okay. <laughs> okay. So modern Calgary. Modern Calgary. Uh, so now we have a municipalized service, <laughs> and we're kind of running. This isn't on the script, so you won't know this. But we're kind of running uh, three tiers of bus service. They have local, they have express, and then they have the blue arrow, which is like a like a very proto 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 BRT. Meanwhile, UTA, which runs local, local shitty express sometimes, <laughs> and that's it. Hey, we have commuter rail. It's not a bus. Yeah. Not yet. Another <laughs> reason Another r- reason why I might be moving to uh, bracket, redacted, close bracket. Uh, yeah. Well, so what, what's the namesake of the Blue Arrow? Like, there's got to be something it's named after. Oh, gosh. Now i got to look this up. Hold uh, on. We can just cut this instead. No, it's cool. This is a good idea, actually. I, 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 it's got a... I, I don't think someone just woke up and came up with the name Blue Arrow. <laughs> there's gotta be not. There's got to be something behind yeah. it. Uh, Blue Arrow. Okay, well, I couldn't look at... Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm loving the play-by-play. Research um, intense. The play. reason they are called Blue Arrows is because they had blue signs. So I guess someone did wake up. <laughs> <and> <laughs> someone just, <laughs> just kind of woke up. Hey, I wonder Sorry. what the cheapest color to get signs printed in is. Blue. All right. <laughs> uh, what are we going to call it? What's fast? An arrow. Blue arrow. There we go. Okay. We got our expression. Promotion. Promotion. <laughs> yes. So you proto- now make $100,000 a year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So proto, 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 BRT. Are we talking like nice stops based No, just limited stops with okay. you know, some, I believe, some exclusive right of way maybe fancy okay good for them i mean that makes sense as an evolution of a streetcar which could theoretically on occasion have exclusive right of way quad track (laughs) streetcar i believe top speed 25 miles an hour (laughs) gosh i hate that that's single track Um, (laughs) single track or quad track so but then in 1981 they opened the c train which was their first light rail line that's the first, or the, excuse me, the second light rail line in America. Where do you think the first was? San Diego, Charlie. According to the internet, Edmonton and Calgary were before that. Oh. So Edmonton had the first light rail in North, in North Edmonton America. Edmonton did? Edmonton. Jeez. I know, surprisingly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of a rough town back then as well, but um, Edmonton grew up a lot later than Calgary did even, so. Goodness. <laughs> well, good for Calgary. Um, yeah, so the second light rail system... Uh, it ran from downtown to the south, uh, and this was sort of thought up in like you know, like everyone else, they had like a 15-year process where they're like, oh, it's the year 1967, and we sure love building subways. We're gonna build a two-line subway for Calgary. And then Reagan. 
Oh wait, wrong. This country. is Canada. Okay, who can we blame this one on? Uh, they just didn't do that, and they just decided to ba- make white rail instead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so. that's that's early eighty one. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. It was finished in eighty one too. It was so finished. Trains right? so were running in nineteen eighty one. No way! No, no way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Fall of eighty one. Eighty one. And. Lord Kyle. I don't get that. Um, and it's kind of just been, you know, continuously expanded since. So the last expansion was in 2014 uh, when both the red and blue lines reached kind of like, you know, Calgary is a ring road, uh, reached the ring road. Nice. So they've actually been expanding it yeah, yeah, over the history? Basically the whole time. Like, oh. you know, there isn't more than like... Until, you know, recently, more than, more than like a, a five six-year gap between expansions. That sounds like actually healthy for like the organization doing those expansions. Yeah. <coughs> Institutional knowledge. <coughs> well, and it was pretty cheap too, like especially for what you're getting in a sea train <coughs> versus like, knowledge. you know, <coughs> when you get a max expansion, what you're probably going to get is some really stupid slow street running for at least a little bit. Whereas when you get, <laughs> when you get a Calgary sea uh, train extension, you're probably going to get, you know, subway on s- street. So did did it just get expanded so much because people liked it and there was demand for it and it was cheap? Yes. Okay. And also Whoa. because, as we discussed, nobody can drive into downtown Calgary. It's oh. very hard. Ooh. Does that mean there's a lot of parking rides? Yeah, stations are pretty terrible. I will be completely honest with you. Like, C-train <laughs> stations are just mostly extremely large parking lots. Okay. They probably okay. feel more like a commuter rail station than a light rail station. Yeah, they feel like a commuter rail station. But we're going to... You're you're getting ahead. Sorry, I just had my mind... You're too smart. Too, um, too many questions. It's nice that they have a positive ridership feedback loop here instead of a ridership death spiral. <laughs> like everywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Not like just, Canada is just kind of built different in terms of transit sometimes. Yeah, like building quality services, running connecting Ooh. bus service. Ah, speaking of connecting bus service, since 2004, Calgary has also built a, out an extensive BRT system known as the MAX. Creative. And it costs twice as much per unit distance as the light rail? No. It's meant to kind Magic. of fill in the gaps, mostly, between the light rail and so what, you know, we've discussed in our most popular episode, what BRT should be doing. Mm-hmm. If you, you can't see it, but I'm making a really weird face at the moment from frustration. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So nice, cost-effective corridor projects. Yeah, and uh, several of them actually run on the roots of the previous Blue Arrow lines that we nice. discussed. So sick name. I know they should. Why did you move to Blue Arrow? Is way cooler than Max. I'm I sorry. agree. Bring it back. Like I don't even know what Max stands for in Calgary. Well, so is oh. this BRT eventually going to get replaced with Light Rail, or? Yes, and no. Okay, so some of it maybe. I think the orange line will be. I think the green line, which is the next line they're building, because they're building an all-new line now. Because they because they ran out of space. They for ran the out lines. of space for the other two lines, right? So mm-hmm. they're building a low-floor rail system. Why? Cool. I don't know. See the same trains. <laughs> the rest uh, I of think the to save money on stations, actually, because it does cost more to build a. Oh no! It's like it's going to be the same alignment. Like the same style of service and alignment, just I would just make the platforms taller. Oh, wait, they'd be different rolling stock then, right? Yeah, they're okay, going to be so using like I think what 
uh, Ottawa uses the Flexities, Bombardier Flexities. Oh, then they're probably actually decent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think big old two-car trains is what it's going to be. Like, you know, but the cars are long. So. I still question the mixed floor heights, but. It doesn't matter because they're not going to run on the same alignment. So. In the, like, fleet in general. As opposed to eh, having all high okay, floor. Okay, so you want them to do a Denver and just continue to buy the same old train forever? Mm, they could buy a new shiny high floor train. Well, they <laughs> have. Because they don't have just like, you know, an ancient fleet. Concept. Wow. <laughs> I know. What a good city. Denver cannot relate. UTA <laughs> cannot I've relate. I've liked Denver less and less these past weeks. I am anti-Denver. Denver yeah. is the anti-Salt Lake We city. should send them our garbage <laughs> trains. I heard somebody just... <laughs> And this is entirely me joking. Of course, Denver is a fine city. Mm. But um, I heard somebody on Twitter describe it as, quote, Salt Lake City, but without the interesting things or parts. <laughs> I believe And that. that was someone, mind you, not from Salt Lake City, but from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say they have a, a good platform then for being from Chicago. Yeah, you have, they have, you know, better urban quality in like their worst neighborhood than in our best neighborhood so they can they have the bean they have the bean they have the bean they do have the bean yeah yeah so man we're being like special today um (laughs) (laughs) uh so you know now i kind of want to talk about why the c train is a little special and number one why canada's built different and why canada canada (laughs) canadian lrts are generally built different than light rail in the states so, number one, priority. When the C train does run on the street, which it does a fair bit, uh, and with the exception of their, like, you know, little transit mall they have downtown, uh, it almost always has absolute priority. We're talking about crossing gates, like, at intersections rather than just signal Whoa, priority. so it can continue at speed whenever it wants? Yeah, it goes fast. So they just are smart about it, man. Yeah, and they're also not shy about, like... Um, grade separations where they're necessary, uh, side str- side running instead of center Whoa. running so that you can do crossing gates at limited intersections in suburban areas. So it's just kind of well-designed for speed. I am speed. So, One winner. So we're, <laughs> so we're building street running rail for the train instead of for the cars like we do around here. Yes, that is actually an extremely good way of putting it. It's built more like the you know, the airport line, but better than <laughs> the 4th South line or the university line is, I guess, what it technically is. Is that just because they like doing things correctly or is it because limited cars downtown also helps? Yes, yes, and also because they are building this out into, like, pure suburbs. Like, there is no, like, not necessarily any existing rail right-of-way for them to run in. Mm. So to have a decent speed across the thing, they have to kind of make sure that stuff has good priority because it's almost always running in the middle of something or next to something or, you know, under something. So unlike Salt Lake or Portland, they can't just go really fast in all the rail corridors and then go really, really slow really downtown, slow downtown and just yeah. be like, I don't know, riders went fast. Now we're going to slow down. And I mean, it does go course. slow downtown, but as we discussed, at, or, uh, Calgary's downtown is like, you know, puny and just inc- incredibly dense. And I don't doubt that it can proceed reliably through downtown. Yes. Through the magic of functioning signals. Yeah, it's only like a mile. Oh, like okay. one mile. No, nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Jeez. Downtown. So nothing. Uh, number two, high floors. The spirit of the metro never really died, it seems, as Calgary Transit uses huge four-car trains of high-floor LRVs to accommodate its massive ridership and allow for accessible operations. Finally. I want those here. Yeah, don't we have low floors on yeah. the blue, on the green and red line? You have 70% low yeah. floor. You have 70% low and floor. And 30% on the blue line? No, 30% or 70% low floor means it's like 70% of the way to being like just on the ground. Oh, it means 70% of the floor space of the vehicle is low and the rest is not low. Oh, okay. am I wrong on that? Yeah. Oh, okay. But well, I made that up in my head and I thought that was... <laughs> uh, it's that, you, you convinced me. But it, so, <laughs> unlike our blue line, which are high floor, right, they... Match they, the platform. Uh, they okay, match they, the platform. Okay, it's so like it's, a subway train. So it's actually accessible. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, they're doing it right then. Yeah. And so, I imagine it's a more comfortable and quieter ride. Probably, yes. yeah. Yeah. And, wow. you know, easier to maintain somewhat. Well, I'm yeah. jealous. Okay. So That's okay. Um, you know, and they kind of need all this because, okay, don't look at the screen. Don't look at, look there away. I already looked at the screen. How many people do you think, just throw out like a, a, a wrong guess then. How many <laughs> people do you think rode the C-Train every day before the pandemic? Three. Because nobody rides transit and we should defend it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on the opposite spectrum and say... 800,000. Okay, well, you're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> but Alex is less wrong than Kyle. Um, hey, my guess was closer. I, I would say the guess was more accurate. It was closer. 316,000. Ha, huh, I was closer. Two I lines, 40 miles of track, through the worst suburbs imaginable. Good goodness, that's like seven or 8,000 riders per mile. Which like, is we're like, talking, like, MBTA subway ridership per mile numbers, and almost. And it's just a souped-up light rail. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's a souped-up light rail. Well, I'd say most light rails are souped light down <laughs> light rails, and Calgary <laughs> is the standard. Yeah, so, that's true. And that's for the lines going into the suburbs? So I, I imagine the actual good right. speeds this is helpless? Yeah. Speed, frequency, uh, runs every six minutes during peak. I believe it used to <laughs> run more. Mm -hmm. And this is on two lines across a surface transit mall, so I would once again like to contest UTA's assertion that you can only run 15 trains over a surface street transit alignment. That is wrong. Calgary used to do at least 22 before the pandemic. So anyway, that's my <laughs> random rant. Um, but yeah. Uh... Nope. And then it doesn't go lower than 15 minutes ever. What? Ever? Does it run through the night? No. I mean, okay. it, well, it, runs, so it runs late, like 1230. But Okay. That's pretty good. Wow. So what's the max? Like five minutes? Six. Uh, I think it used to be like four, now it's six. That's very I good. I would not complain about that. I would not complain <laughs> yeah. about like 10 minutes. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. If we had a service that ran 10 minutes, that'd be really nice. Um, so you might be asking, why, if it has these horrible suburban stations surrounded by horrible land use, how does Calgary get so much ridership? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Carrot, it provides a high quality service. Stick, it's a pain to drive into downtown. Okay, but that can't account for it. Like, it's a, you know, giant pain to drive into downtown, but, you know... Only 60% of downtown office workers pre-pandemic 
or excuse me, only 45% of office workers pre-pandemic took the C train to work. So there's still a lot of people driving. Apologies, I am thinking like a, a rate a only yieldy. Only 45%, first of all, is something I would like yeah. to note. 45% mode share whew, for downtown, like, that's pretty good. I'm also thinking like a yieldy transit planner where the only trip we're serving is the downtown commute that you can't do by car because the secret answer is despite horrible land use there's a bus everywhere and before the pandemic the bus ran pretty frequently whoa connecting nice. bus like service. like okay so imagine you're like you know the most hideous suburban neighborhood you can think of right okay like i have it <laughs> like it, it, it's picture it in your mind yeah now imagine down the main like you know like main street or whatever of that there's a bus that comes like every 10 minutes during rush hour Obvious. You have the Calgary suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I- isn't that just like what they do in most of Canada is actually have competent bus service? It's why they get so much ridership. It's why, you, you know, know UTA having so none. much higher mode share. <laughs> like, Calgary is not perfect, but you can get just about anywhere on a bus that comes relatively often. So it sounds perfect in my eyes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kern's our bus grid. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't UTA lucky. tracks get very much ridership? I don't know. Almost as though it has absolutely piss poor connecting bus service south of 33rd. So it's hard to get to. <laughs> so it's impossible to get to. All right. Unless you want to drive. Which park and rides do not work very well. Because <laughs> once you're in the car, you just, you just the whole go way. get on the freeway. Well, see, it actually works for my friend's mom who drives now this isn't a joke by the way she drives to Salt Lake Central I think right? Oh dear. Parks there, takes the takes front runner down to I think like Provo gets in her second car and drives to work she has two cars for either end I just died inside (laughs) I hope you know that yeah but, you know... Connecting self-driving pod service. <laughs> <sighs> so, you know, good bus service. Also, I would like to... Since I have, you know, as Kyle knows, somewhat changed my opinion on free fare as of late. Um, I know, I'm hurrying. Oh, yeah, what's their fare box recovery 50 percent. Right? 50%? Per cent. 50% or higher. We get, like, 10. It's 40% post-pandemic as well. So... The fact is, the reason that transit agencies in America are not recovering revenue from fare is not because of, you know, like, magic hooliganery. It's It's because they run piss-poor service. It's not because they have more police than us to enforce fares. No, and Calgary fares are more expensive, yes, but they also have programs for low-income individuals to still be able to ride the train. Canada. It's almost like people will pay for and use a quality service. Like, and this is, this is true in Edmonton as well. Like, both of these cities, which are just the most horrible suburban sprawl you can think of, get great fare box recovery by running good service and getting a lot of people onto their stuff. If we tried to run 10-minute peak connecting buses around here, we'd get nimbied out of existence. Well, right. And, and the reason for this, like, how, UTA spends, what, 300-some million dollars a year on operations? Yeah, that's correct. Over an area of 2.7 million people. Yeah, their service area is like one and a half or two. Well, the National Transit Database listed at 1.856 million or something. Great. But anyhow, that's a lot more spread out than Calgary as well. 
Calgary spends over $400 million on, the, on an area the size of only the Salt Lake City metropolitan area, Salt Lake County. So, you know, you're spending more money on less people and you're getting more transit and thereby you're making money back and you can spend that money on transit as well. That's almost like how it should work, right? Yeah. So maybe we should turn up the money per so person knob. So if you knob. turn up the money per person <laughs> knob, maybe you'll get some fare recovery back instead of, you know, just being like, oh, well, you know, American transit agencies can never recover fare unless they're New York City or the MBTA or SEPTA because that would be impossible. Mm. And therefore, we must make it free and never improve it again. We need to turn up the U of U funding knob. <laughs> so. This is true. Um, okay, and then we're out of we're running out of time because we have a meeting after this, so I'm going to get the rest of this real quick. Uh, what's the future? The Green Line. They're building a new line, as I said. It's going to be light. It's going to be low floor. It'll run like the rest of the system in the suburbs. But interestingly, they're going to have high floor light rail on the surface in downtown Calgary and low floor light rail in a subway under downtown Calgary. Once again, I'm okay. pro doing all high floor, but they're getting nice low floor trains. Yeah, it's going to kind of fill in the major gap between the two lines, which is the southwest and the north. So Cool. Well, as long as the level is boarding, then the boarding's <laughs> a level. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, the it'll open boarding. in 2027. <laughs> um, I don't know. I might be there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. We'll uh, see. We'll see. Um, also... Because of the pandemic, they had to cut some bus routes and service and stuff because, you know... Money and operators. Money and operators. And they're kind of recovering from that slowly, but they're also trying to, like, instead of just having, you know, a bus that runs every 20 minutes to everywhere, maybe a bus that runs every 10 minutes... To slightly fewer places. Slightly fewer places, but still everywhere. Or that you might have to walk farther, too. Yeah, you have to walk 10 minutes instead of 5 minutes or whatever. Okay, that, I think, about... I think that balances it about break-even, right? Yeah. If you're just showing up to catch the bus. Yeah. How that might be better than break-even. Yes. So um, I think we've already gone over what we can learn, which is the thing here. But bus. basically, <laughs> high-frequency trains, good. High-capacity trains, good. Run many buses Fast and reliable and make trains, money. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And prostitution is clown <laughs> word for, uh, for prostitution. Yes. So. Clearly, tantamount to prostitution. Yeah. Um, I should find that website called OnlyBus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just OnlyFans, but it's like, you know, yep. the internal mechanics of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I had to say that, but yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Jacob White Cotton from Patreon asks, thoughts on Second South construction and design? I am a big fan in general. I sure wish they'd done protected bike lanes instead of what they've currently decided. I like that it's going to be easy to convert to protected later because they're doing all the intersections right, which is a first. I like it. I love the bus islands. So that's going to be so island. nice to have dedicated bus lanes on 2nd South. <laughs> I, yes. I can't wait for the buses to actually run on it. But and the bus islands, like they said, those, those things are those beautiful. Those are gorgeous. Yeah. They, they've done a good job. The city did They're going to make the bus job. drivers yeah. happy with those. In-lane stops, no worrying about cyclists. Faster. Oh, way, yeah. definitely. Probably. Actually on yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, the two like is the notoriously kind of well, unreliable. Well, it's been on detour the two was ever. The two was unreliable when it wasn't on detour. Yeah, yeah but 
Well, anyway, big so, improvements. Great I'm going to be happy. Huge, they should get some it. federal BRT money for this and run articulated buses on the two and run it at 10-minute frequency. Yes, we need the capacity. Yeah, ask Pete. So yeah. Secretary Pete. Yeah, they should get they should get some <laughs> BRT funding money Pete. for that. Uh, yeah. Um, project design isn't perfect. Things that we're going to have to fix later are protected bike lanes. Yeah. Obviously, um, intersections are good there. We're gonna have to rip up some of the pedestrian mid block crossing bulb outs and move them like six feet or eight feet or whatever. And some of the if you get farther east towards the university, some of the bus stops are. They route the bike lane between where the bus stops and the bus shelter. Oh, good. Portland has this on their FX2 division. I'm sure it'll probably be fine. I will not be surprised if somebody gets maimed. Well, nobody's going to get maimed. It's a bike. But somebody's going to get run into and break a leg or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to fix those, too. Not hard to do with, you know, time, money, and concrete. And also, the bus lanes kind of pitter out towards the university, which is probably fine. Yeah. yeah, well, that's not the part that causes unreliability, so... Yeah. Yeah, well, and the road is going to be concrete. That would be nice. I think they're only doing concrete islands. Oh, I thought the whole thing was concrete. What roads get paved in concrete ebb and flow, depending on how cheap and available the material is? And My road expensive. is concrete. It is. Concrete's expensive For no reason. right now. I think concrete... No, hot take. I think concrete is a dumb material to pave roads in. You can't maintain it like you can with asphalt. I know you don't need to maintain it, but you can. So when heavy vehicles go over, it starts chipping and crumbling and getting all bumpy, and you can't do anything about it. It's loud as hell when they put the texture on it that's good for, like, drainage or whatever. Oh, well, just for gripping the road. Yeah, that too. So way louder than even the loudest of asphalts when you have road vehicles go over it. And it's a waste of an expensive material that's not very good for the environment and is actually, like, incredibly important for building, like, buildings. So, a great material to build, rebuild I-80 with. No. No, that's what they did. I know. Yeah. They, they do it on I-15, too. Yeah. It, makes it, it makes the freeway louder I, and, yeah. So, yeah. Just, just be like the Netherlands. Use well-maintained asphalt for everything. And have quiet asphalt, quiet tires. Yes. Yeah. The Netherlands Please. actually does this, and they, like, repave things every 10 years because they use weaker asphalt that is, like, better for drainage and quieter, and they're capable of doing maintenance on, like, the entire U.S. of A. The greatest country on Earth. Yes. Yes. Any other thoughts about Second South? No, what's the BRT question? All right. Jacob Whitecotton on Patreon asks, What are your thoughts on the new BRT projects? Mid-Valley BRT, 5600 West Max, etc. Why... Um, okay, no, no. Okay, let me elaborate what I mean by that. <laughs> because I understand the need for improved bus service in those areas. What I don't understand is why we're not doing fully dedicated lanes and we're not creating infrastructure that other bus routes can utilize in the future. The more BRT projects UTA builds, the more and more they tend away from BRT and towards a road expansion in a trench coat. Yeah. Take the Mid-Valley Connector, for example. The part with the dedicated lanes is entirely along the absolutely huge, god-awful Strode. If we lived in the same country, they could just repurpose two of the car lanes on the Strode as bus lanes, and we could be off the races. But they're going to widen just the Strode, 
to put dedicated bus lanes on it and not put dedicated bus lanes anywhere else because they don't feel like widening those extra places. Yeah. So it's not okay. an effective use of bus lanes. And either. my thing with BRT is that, like, the whole idea of a bus lane is that you're supposed to be able to run, like, a lot of buses through it. And so by creating those sort of, like, center platforms where only the BRT buses with um, the doors on the left side I'm going to give stop. you a correction here on the Mid-Valley one. Oh, that's right. Because the buses drive on the wrong side of the road so they can use regular buses. Yeah. Which is like even Like, creating dumber. dumb infrastructure choices <laughs> like that or, like, on UVX where you have to have the special buses to run through this, you know, <sighs> dedicated corridor that we could be running a whole bunch of buses through at different places, but we can't do that is not a good use of funds. And if you're going to be building a bus project, it should be more like Second South, better stops, bus lanes that all buses can also use. Also straight. And not a giant strode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and less like, you know, OGX, the Mid-Valley Connector. Also note how... And to an extent, UVX. Also note how on Second South, we're not, in fact, widening the street. We're taking two of the five car lanes and using them for buses. Right. That's another good point. So yeah. second south good, mid valley bad, fifty six hundred west. What the hell? Just put the bus on the road. Well and the funny thing about fifty sixth west to me is that they're planning to build a tracks line there in the future, so they're doing the whole thing of why build it once when you can build it twice. <laughs> or three times. <laughs> oh yeah, they are planning to build it three times, aren't mm. they? Um the the latest five year service plan does have a bus route running up either oh, there or forty eighth west, I forget which one, to the airport and then to downtown. Huh? Which it's it's just a bus, no complaints. Bus good. Yeah. <laughs> Green one, no less. Any thoughts? I agree. I I don't have too much to say. I don't know the projects well enough. Fair enough. The the bloody slick bus stop they're doing. Slick oh bus stop. So this this requires some insight into the alignment. So the Mid Valley Connector oh, right. BRT project goes on some weird windy roads out of Murray Central, which I'm sure won't take forever. Um, goes into the weird wrong side of the road alignment in the center of the strode that they're expanding. Um, due to some quote-unquote property acquisition issues, which sounds like we didn't try hard enough to <laughs> acquire this empty field and parking lot, it needs to make a right turn at a strode intersection to make a left turn on, I believe, Redwood into the slick parking lot entrance where it's going to make a right turn into this weird, like, circular saw blade-shaped bus hub, which they're building from scratch because we couldn't use existing infrastructure or make it straight. And then <laughs> it has to come back out the same parking lot entrance, which I'm sure is never crowded and never has signal timing issues, <laughs> to go back and then turn back onto the main road and then turn on a different, less strody strode to go to West Valley Central. Good. Ooh. Dumb road expansion, dumb alignment, lack of frequency, they're only running 10 to 15 minutes, and they're only running regular buses. This project should not be a project. Wow. It should just be, hey, we're going to put in a bus lane. Sucks to suck if you're not going to ride the bus. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a more positive note, Jacob White Cotton, in a follow-up question, asks, maybe include other UTA expansion plans like the Orange Line, Blue Line Extension, if that ever happens. Mm. Complete front-runner double-tracking and electrification, or maybe unofficial ones, like the Rio Grande plan. Uh, my opinion, do all of these things. They're good. And do them soon. So I want to focus on something he didn't mention yeah. that we were supposed to have, you know, 10 years ago. And what was that? The Davis County Tracks Line. Instead of and the 455 and 470. That, no, well, I mean, those would remain. Oh, okay. Local service, good. Right. But 
in the original, you know, days of tracks, there was, you know, strong support in Davis County and like almost a need for an extension into Davis County to fa- where Farmington Station is now. Mm-hmm. But a tracks line instead of just front runner. And I think that that is probably of the axes of like, you know, linear expansion, like actually, you know, expanding rather than just improving service with like the Orange Line plan or the Rio Grande plan. It's more useful than the Lehigh That is probably the strongest axis of expansion I can think of because unlike Utah County, Davis County is still primarily a bedroom community for Salt Lake County. It's not developing its own... It, there, there is no core, there like is Lehigh. no urban core in in Davis County. There are b- basically no jobs. And there's also in a lot Davis of County. linear build stuff between Salt Lake and Davis County, unlike Point of the Mountain, where there's nothing. Right, like it's a very linear corridor. You can serve it pretty easily with one rail line. Next to Highway 89, not in Highway 89. Screw you, FRA. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, above Highway 89, but. But, 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 but that would make the sky fall over. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cow's right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that, that that's being really slept on is something that should be considered as, like, a priority in terms of transit expansion in the valley or in the region, I should say. I would like to see Frontlines Part 2 where we do the good contracting and project management and bundle... 10 years worth of tracks projects into one project. So we do the we do the tracks extension all the way to Provo and all the way into Davis County all at once and also yes. build the orange line, the Rio, Rio Grande plan mm-hmm. and double track and electrify front runner to, you know, Payson and Brigham City or whatever. Yep. Ooh. That'd be nice. Yep. And the state doesn't saddle UTA with a bazillion dollars worth of debt. Literally <laughs> just take a couple of years of highway money. And I mean, I don't care about congestion. These projects provide a viable alternative to wasting your life in, con- in if congestion. If you want to sit in traffic, you are free to do so. You can also take tracks. It's your God-given right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're not building transit to help people with cars. We're building transit to help people on transit. So yeah. get out of your car and get on the transit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, I read this stupid thing online or someone who is being anti-S-line because it, quote, hasn't solved traffic on 21st South. Bruh, ride the S-line. Well, it doesn't solve traffic on on 21st South because you're continuing to choose to drive on 21st South rather than Mm. take the (laughs) S-line. Which I can say personally is faster than driving to, you know, Central Point to to Sugar House. Like... There's th- th- driving on 21st sucks. I don't know why anyone does it. It's a terrible I, road too. I hope they take away lanes and do something to make the make sure the bus can get there, get through there in one piece. They did a proposal recently for the yeah, State Street to seven Sweet Street. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Sweet well, Street. It is going it's to happen. Not happen. It, well, something's going to happen. It's in the bond reconstruction. Yeah, from seventh to thirteenth. I, I saw people getting mad about that. Like, yeah, Sweet Streets is going to shove for the minimum lane count one, which I think is the right option. That, well, no, yeah. definitely. It's a place for people. Always minimum lane count. Yeah, you should push for what Even you want. Even on a freeway. Even on a freeway, we should push for the minimum lane yes, count. Yes, two less, lanes. Less two lanes, lanes are two lanes. Yeah. Safer and better for traffic flow on freeways. Two lanes either direction and then a five-lane flex <laughs> Five-lane tra- five direction flex in the middle. Uh-huh. Then you can do quad <laughs> Except, except you can't get out at Salt Lake City. 
<laughs> of the center section. Yeah, you can only get out in Murray and Farmington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, um, yeah. If you're listening on YouTube, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please remember to follow us and leave a rating. They actually help, and we actually have an official rating on Spotify now since we've had 20 different reviews. Wow. Get, it's a five stars out of five. I thought it was a 4.9. It changed because someone else left a review. So cool. thanks Whoa. to that person hey, for getting you. us a perfect review on Spotify. Yeah, anyway. then, let's keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our patrons are Curtis Herring, Mike Christensen, Phobos2390, Zach Adams at Frontrunner Tier, $10 a month. At $5 a month, our redline tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, Jacob White, Cotton, and Robert P. Walsh. $3 a month, blue line, we have Alex Stakelski, Ben Busath, DJ Will Watkins. Hi, Will. Ethan McDonald, <laughs> Jack Dean, John Heron Gorman, Just Cuz, Martine Hecker Martinez, Old Trolley, Scott Harris, and Seth. Yeah, Thank you blue liners are crazy. Yeah, you blue liners are crazy. We're going to have start having trouble with this pretty soon. Um, but yeah, if you like what we do and you want more, you can you should consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have, theoretically, an extra episode every month, and you get early access to all of our regular content as well. Yeah, and crazy stuff. And, and crazy theoretically stuff. merch. Yeah, theoretically yeah. merch yeah. someday. Someday. Did you get the second Patreon episode out? It's like half out of it. It'll be out this week. Okay. I know I yep. said last week. Yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. will be two episodes yeah, up. Yeah, two what? Patreon episodes. One <laughs> is on. You hear this. Yeah. One is on um, the high speed lines, and the other is on downtown people movers. And so you should definitely. And they're both very good episodes, worth your money. Yeah, they're fun episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We do we do fun episodes on the um, on the Patreon. Yeah. Well, yeah. we we get paid for fun. Yeah. So. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. See ya.